Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Palachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSB community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hey, be sure to join us in Newport Beach, sunny Newport Beach, California, on December 7th and 8th. That's the upcoming Mastermind Live Roadshow for Q4. So uh, if you're interested in growing your business, learning more about sales, learning more about marketing, learning more about culture, leadership, uh, EOS, mergers, acquisitions, we've got some great speakers lined up for you. Uh, and you'll also hear one of the most important parts is we have several very successful MSPs from all around North America that come and present at these and they talk about what's working for them, what's working and what's not working. And it's a great learning environment uh, on that first day on the 7th. And then we've got also great speakers lined up like myself, one of my favorite speakers. Uh, I'll be talking about sales process. We've got a marketing workshop from uh, Charlene Ignacio. Uh, and then we've got EOS. We've got leadership. We've got great things lined up. So, hey, be sure to sign up. And one important part, if you want the early bird discount, you need to sign up before the middle of November and use the coupon code early bird and you'll get a $200 discount. The, the, the fee is only $99. So uh, we're also arranging some fun activities the, the $99 early bird fee does include uh, breakfast and lunch on both Thursday and Friday. Typically, there's group activities in the evening, and we're looking into a harbor cruise on that Thursday. So it's going to be a great event. I hope to see everybody there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. James Kernan here with Kernan Consulting, and I am joined with my good friend, Amy Babinchek. Hey, Amy, welcome back. Hey James, thanks for thanks for having me back. It's good to be back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I am jet lagged though. Gotta say, uh, <laughs> I just flew in last night from Australia, so uh, you know, day is night, night night is day right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you jet setter. So, uh, well, tell us what have you been up to? I, I know I think you were speaking at a conference over there. Yeah, so I, I spoke at the um, SMBIT Pros. Uh, national conference and um, for those that, that don't know that group it's a uh, association of basically user groups that um, have chapters around the country okay. and then once a year they get together and uh, do a, a national conference um, and pretty pretty nice one you know they had three international speakers there and um you know, it was a full full two days plus evening activities and they had a pre-day event um, and so yeah they they put on a they put on a really really great show awesome support by uh by vendors they have down there too that's great that's great so what was your topic what what did you present on <clears throat> well you know i i uh, i presented twice and um one of them uh was uh, they had three tracks going at, at once. So um, anyway, the uh, the one session I did was uh, showing everybody how to get started with um, Defender for Business in Microsoft uh, Business Premium. Yeah. So well, it's a giant topic. You know, it could probably 
easily teach a six week course on that, you know, yeah. just to just to show people how to get it set up and then how to use it. So, but you know, I whipped through it in about 45 minutes and gave everybody the the overview and the the click here, do this, do that. And um, uh, there's some materials available for them to download too to get all the the details on it. But that was a that was a fun thing. I always like to do those sort of hyper technical things. Um, and then um, uh, and then the the other session I did uh, was not technical at all. It was really about um, it was about planning what's next in your life after oh. you decide to exit. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so it was really, you know, quite a, quite a contrast in, in sessions. And it was, um, it was fun to do. Uh, Carl Palachuk and I actually did that second one together. Okay. Uh, and, you know, interestingly, you know, we're sort of infamous for always, disagreeing on everything and having different <laughs> different ways of achieving the same goals. Um, but when it comes to actually, you know, getting the life that you want, yeah, we have actually very similar thoughts on how how you should go about that and how how we went about it. And actually just having thoughts about about that is 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 the thing that makes us similar because so many people don't. Right. You know, and both both Carl and I have crafted our lives in the way that we wanted to lead them. Yeah. Uh, you know, leaving lots of time for for travel and fun, and uh, you know, while while still having the business. And um, you know, for us, it's both about work life integration. Right. We hear a lot about work life balance, and I hear people wanting to cut off work. Like I'm going to work, 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 and then I cut off work and then I'm going to fun, fun, fun. And then the next day I work, 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 and then I cut off work at 5 p.m. Then I have fun, fun, fun. Right. And uh, for me, it's never been that way. It's always just sort of ebbed and flowed between, you know, yeah. work, I, work I have to do and, and, you know, but always being sure to, to make sure to have fun. And I've always had this philosophy that I call to retire a little bit every day. Yeah, yeah. And and by that I just meant, you know, go out and do something fun every day. That's 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 fascinating. I'm gonna put that down. That that would be a great topic. I want to explore that a little bit more. Um, we talk about that a lot in our mastermind community. And um, you know, fortunately for many of the members, they're doing a lot better or have improved uh financially. And to me, you know, growing your business, making money, that's the easy part. It's what you do with it. And it's, um, and then I, I like what you said about the work, instead of work-life balance, it's work-life integration. You know, they go, they go together and that's exactly how, that's how I do it as well. Uh, it, it, to me, work is not work, it's fun. And I love what I do and I travel a lot. And, you know, uh, my wife every year looks at my travel schedule and goes, I'm going on this trip with you and I'm going on this trip and this trip and this trip too. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> How, uh, and then it, we involve family and, uh, mm -hmm. but anyway, that's, uh, that's a blessing to be able to do that. So, so that's great. So, um, I'm going to put that down cause I love that topic. I want to talk more about that. So any other golden nuggets that you got out of the, anything uh, noteworthy from the, the conference? You know, I, I try to always see what the what the theme is, right? And the theme is never what the conference organizer thinks it's going to be. 
right by the theme i'm always thinking about what's the what's the chatter yeah amongst the attendees you know yeah. what are what are they talking about and um there was a there's a big push at the conference around uh cybersecurity, of course that's such a big big topic yeah. everyone wants to talk about but the the hallway chatter that that folks were talking about it was all about ai and uh how they're going to help their customers with ai how they're going to use ai um you know it was all like, what are you know the topics that were always you know what are what are you doing in ai what are, have you tried this have you tried that have you found anything useful are you you know that was like the whole chitter chatter around in the conference was all about ai right right interesting interesting well, that's uh, that's great. That's great. Well, maybe we'll explore that uh, some of those topics a little bit more next week. We had a plethora of questions come in, and uh, I I was able to kind of pick and choose, but I'm going to save some of these because they're really good ones. Um, some people wanted to talk about uh, how do you compensate salespeople, how do you compensate technical people, you know, around commissions and bonus plans. Uh, so we're going to save that for next time. But the question I grabbed, listen to this one. This was an amazing one. What can you do now to increase the value of your business before you sell? So what what steps or what things can you be doing now? Uh, and it's an it was a, a fascinating question because I, I do a lot of merger and acquisition consulting. And, you know, I talk about these things. You know, there's things that you should be doing now, you know, before it's too late. Uh, to increase the value of, of your business is really <clears throat> the point. But I had a, I had this conversation with a guy in Australia, actually, you know, he, he took me aside. He said, you know, can I just get, you know, just a few minutes of your time to talk about selling my company? Yeah. And, and I said, sure. And um, he said, well, he's, um, he's a small, small shop. It's just him and, you know, some part-time people he uses and he's in a small market and um, he's, you know, we're going along and he's talking, you know, about what is his goals are for exiting. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have like a specific date in mind or anything, but he just knows that it's in his head, right? It's getting to be about that time. And yeah. so, he, you know, he was telling me in it. So I asked him about, uh, you know, tell me about the the clients, right? What's, what's the value you have in your business? He had no, he has no contracts. He's oh, billing oh. his customers as um, like an MSP does. Yeah. But he doesn't have any contract with them. Wow. He said, well, he, they all used to be break fix clients. And then, you know, over time he's converted them into an MSP billing model. Mm -hmm. And he, um, but he, he never entered any kind of contract with him. He said, oh, I just, you know, I've had him forever. And, uh, you know, we just, we just have that trust and, yeah. and, you know, we haven't, haven't needed one. And I said, it's, that's super great, but the new business owner doesn't have that trust. I mean, part of what they're buying from you is that goodwill, but that goodwill is backed a little bit by those contracts. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So my advice to him, was if he doesn't have contracts, your business is going to be worth about 10% of what it should be worth. Whoa. They're only going to give you 10% on the dollar for clients you have that aren't under contract. Yeah. 
Did you did you talk about so obviously that's written agreements with their customers? Did did they have any written agreements with their employees? You know, like employee agreements. Did that even come up? Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't talk about that. I was so focused mm -hmm. on the, on the client side, and yeah. he just has he just has part time folks. So, um, you know, so I, I'm so I'm not sure how valuable the employees are as part time people. Okay. Um, you know, the, the clients are really the valuable part, uh, but, you know, but without those contracts, you're not going to get much. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's true. thinking about adding value to your business, he's, this guy's not alone. You know, I talk to a lot of people that don't have contracts. Yep. It's because they're nervous about talking to their clients about the contract. Right. Right. Um, he was afraid too, if he went around and started to ask for contracts, they would get tipped off that he was going to sell and go look for somebody else. And I said, I don't think that's going to be a thing. No. They like you. They want you to be in business. They even want you to sell your business successfully. Yeah. yeah. You know, so um, it'll be fine, right? Go out, put together a contract, you know, even do it, even do one year contracts if that's just what makes you comfortable. Um, you know, a lot of buyers like three-year contracts, but in our industry, contracts are hard to enforce anyway. Yeah. So, but just the existence of a contract is going to give the buyer that much more security that the income that you've made is the income that they're going to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, those written agreements are really important. And if you're, if you fall in the category that Amy is describing, know that that's probably one of the top eight things I would say that you need in your business is a good agreement with all of your contractual clients, all of your regular clients. And if you and if you need a template, I'm happy. I've got a real simple two-page MSA uh, master service agreement that you could use for your cloud business or managed service business for subscription services, just email me at james at kernanconsulting.com and I'll send that MSA over to you uh, for you to put your logo on it and, uh, you know, customize it to what you do. But um, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. The other things I would say is uh, there's so many things that go into this. I just kind of want to summarize eight quick things. One, I think it's important to have a written business plan if you're if you're selling the business, you know people want to see a written business plan. Two, the big one for me was that written agreements, just like you said, Amy. But I would want them both with your customers and also with your uh, employees, because I've seen uh, bad things happen. You acquire a company, you don't have employee agreements, and your top sales guy quits and steals all your customers. You know the day after you buy it. So I would want employee agreements. Um, so on the employee agreements, you're really not talking about employment agreements because the new firm is going to give employment agreements to your employees. But what you're, the important part of that um, agreement that you're talking about is really the, uh, the non-compete piece, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, or it's, or I call it a non-solicitation. Yeah, a non-solicitation yeah. of of customers and non-solicitation of employees. Non-compete is not really valid in many states, and it's hard to enforce unless you're an owner and you have a piece of the action. Then you can do non-competes all day long. But uh, but that's so important. I've seen people get burned so so often, and 
and I'm in the Midwest, you know, and, you know, you, you want to have handshake agreements and people are good natured, but I've seen good people make bad decisions when there's not written agreements in place. So that's, that's important. Uh, things like, you know, having unique assets in the business, you know, what's your secret sauce, a clean accounting uh, book, you know, clean records, uh, clean financials is imperative. That's you know, a, that's a, that's a big one. So many firms don't have that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, if there's, well, you know, we don't go into this business because we like finance. We go into this business because we like information technology. Right. So, um, you know, people treat their business as, you know, they just run it like a checkbook. Yeah. And what you have to realize is those, your books have to make sense to somebody else because mm -hmm. they're, they're going to want to steal them. Yeah. And so, you know, things need to be broken down as to where your income is coming from and what the expenses are to, uh, you know, to provide those services and it needs to be all broken out so that they can understand it. And then um, the other thing is that you're going to need to run reports for them. So if you're not using uh, QuickBooks, you need to start using it because it, it actually does have the best reporting. Uh, and many businesses run in cash accounting, but buyers are usually going to want to see those reports in accrual accounting. Um, I've, <laughs> I've never, not a fan of accrual accounting myself because I'm, not a finance person. So for me, cash flow was always easier to see in cash accounting. Yep, yep. Um, but buyers want to see your reports in accrual accounting and QuickBooks makes it really easy to make that flip just to be able to run reports, but yeah. still keep your own mm -hmm. business owner's view of, of, of what everything looks like. Yeah. Accurate, accurate books are imperative. And then current books, you know, you, you know, you don't want to tell a potential buyer of like, oh, we're we're six months behind or, you know, that's always a huge red flag. And a couple other things, uh, the operations, I call it the, the business operations or all the processes, the SOP Bible. You want as many of those automated and documented as possible uh, written out. So you've got all your SOPs, uh, a diverse customer base is another important one. Ideally, you don't want any single one client over 15% of your annual revenue. Uh, <clears throat> and if, if you do, that's okay, you know, but, uh, you know, you want to try to have a, it's worth more money if you have more of a diverse customer base and not one client, again, that is 50% of your business, for example, because that's a. The thing know. that happens that, that, that folks don't realize is when the buyer looks at that one big client, which you've you probably value very, very highly. They value that very, very low. Yeah. In fact, I've seen them just cut that client off and look at the rest of the business and say, okay, what else, what else do I have here? Like they're going to take that client that's 50% of your income and call it a big fat zero because yeah. the risk of them losing that means that it, if they lose 50% of the value of your client base by, by losing one customer, that risk is so high, they won't be able to make their payments for what they paid for your, your business. Yep. So that's what, that's why they're going to severely discount that perhaps is even as low as zero. Yeah. That, uh, and then one, one last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, people, you know, your, your engineers, your 
help desk personnel, uh, even salespeople, you know, they look at, they want to make sure you've got good people that makes the business worth more money. Uh, if they've got, you know, technical <clears throat> certifications that they want or, or real world experience, you know, the longer they've been with you, the better. So having strong people is another huge asset in your business. And it's a great way to, to recruit and find people. Many of you are struggling with recruiting. We've talked a lot about that on the program, um, you know, where and how to find good quality people. You know, with one small acquisition, you could hire a, a, a team of people and fix your problem real quick. So people's another important part, right? Yeah, I, I would add one more thing to your list, and that is corporate identity. Yeah. Um, if the identity of your business is you, then that makes your business less valuable. Mm -hmm. Your customers, if your customers think your business is just you, then they're going to be nervous when you go away. Yeah. If they think your business, if they associate, they associate the name of your business and the identity, reputation, culture, experience, value that they get with your business name rather than with an individual, it's going to be more valuable. Right. Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. It's, uh, it's really important. And there's so many, I'm constantly correcting sentences of, of people that I talk to, small MSPs, I do this, I do that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Say we, you know, us, we speak as a team and look at the big picture. You want the identity of your business to, to be your business, not just you. Yeah. This is probably something that we should drill into sometime because, um, because that doesn't mean that you don't want your people to have the personal relationships with clients. You still want that. Right. But you want the client to say, uh, Har Harbor Computer Services always hires great people, and I have awesome relationships with their people, right? So <clears throat> instead, I don't, you know, I would want that personal relationship to exist, but I don't want it to be attached to, uh, you know, to Amy. Right. I want it to be attached to that corporate corporate name so that they know that when Harbor assigns them new technical people, they're always going to be awesome. Then it doesn't matter when the people switch out because the corporation carries that cachet of always doing great things for them. Because in many cases, you know, the business owner wants to leave. You know, they don't, they don't want to stay there forever and just work for the band. You know, they're used to being a business owner, calling their own shots, dictating their own agenda. Some, sometimes it makes sense to stay connected to, to, I've seen that work very successfully for some people, but many cases, the business owner leaves and business brokers and buyers know that, and uh, they don't want the identity tied to, to the person who's going to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Well, we agree on the list. There's a bunch of other things that go into it. You know, we don't have time to talk about that. You know, is there pending lawsuits or, uh, all sorts of things, you know, market, uh, geography, location. Uh, but those are some of the key things that, uh, that Amy and I wanted to share. So there were some other questions. We don't have time to dig into it. Um, I will say kind of in the news, I am seeing there's obviously a lot of M&A activity. It, it, it's still constant, but I see the higher interest rates kind of adversely affecting 
the M&A activity where it's maybe not so much, um, you know, buyers are, are um, I don't know, they're, they're looking for different things now because the cost of money is, is higher. So I thought that was, that was interesting, but, um, and then one of the other questions that we don't have time to dig into is what's my business worth. And that's again, a whole, we talk a whole show about, about how to do business valuations and what goes into it. Some of the things Amy and I just talked about actually uh, go into a scale, you know, or a calculator that would help increase or decrease the value of your business. Uh, but, you know, there's no one true calculator. There's all sorts of methods, uh, three-year average and, and EBITDA and some just do revenue and a percentage of revenue um, and multipliers. There's all sorts of ways to value the business, but there's a million things that go into it. So there, there are a million things that go into it. And I get asked this question all the time, right? Could, could you tell me what my business is worth? The answer is always no. Nobody can, <laughs> nobody can actually tell you that. Right. And you know, this thing about multiples, it, it gets very complicated. It's, you know, a multiple of what, right? And, um, you know, I've, I've dealt with probably a dozen different uh, firms that are consolidating MSPs, and they all have a slightly different way of making this calculation. They all call it IBITDA, but they all do it slightly differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so what does that mean if you're the actual business owner? What's what's the value of my business? And the the quickest, easiest way to just get a ballpark, you know, and it is going to be just a, a ballpark thing. Look at your look at your services revenue month. What you get in services revenue. Um, Forget about products you sell and forget about anything else. Just look at just raw products, just raw services revenue. Mm -hmm. That is going to be somewhere in the ballpark of what your business is actually worth. Yeah. Is that that's the high value item in your company, right? So if you don't have the other problems that we talked about with, you know, not having a corporate identity or not having contracts and you don't have, uh, or yeah, you know, um, outsized out, out, an outsized individual client. If you don't have any of those issues, look at that services number, approximately what your business is worth. If you just yeah. want to do look real quick. Yep, that's good. That's good. Um, all right, so let's jump over to you know what what else is you know we're already into November. I can't believe how fast the year is going by. It seems like I say that every single month. They're flying by like a snap, unless you're sitting next to Amy on a flight back from Australia. That I think time probably stopped for you. <laughs> that flight is killer. I've yeah. been to Australia four times now and um, it never gets easier. Yeah. It is a, uh, uh, once all the flights leave out of Sydney, so once you get yourself to Sydney, and I went from Melbourne to Sydney, so it's an hour and a half flight from Melbourne to Sydney. But then, of course, you know, there's the layover time in Sydney before you get on your next flight. Yeah. And then Sydney to L.A. is like 14 or 14 and a half hours. And then I just I hate flying into L.A. I yeah. just hate just hate that airport. 
And of course, my flight was delayed leaving from LA to Detroit. Oh. And uh, uh, just, you know, more time on your on your journey like that is not what you want. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was just, it was so hard. So um, I was going to say, hopefully you don't have any other international business plans, but a little birdie uh, told me that you have some more international uh, travel plans, but for fun. Uh, so. I, I do. I'm super excited. And I made this plan before I knew I was going to Australia. So I can't believe I'm going to the ends of the earth twice so yeah. close together. But next month, I am going to Antarctica, strictly a business, uh, strictly a personal uh, trip. trip. Yeah. And um, I'm super excited about it. That's going to be most of the month of December. So, oh boy. Um, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm super stoked about about that trip. So it's, it's going to be a, a Viking cruise. So it's going to oh. be a lot of going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. So just in time for Christmas, you'll be in the snow for Christmas, it sounds like. So. <laughs> it's going to be the great penguin year. You know, one of the cool <laughs> things I did in Australia was um, I spent a week in Tasmania and um, they have penguins there. And so um, I got to see got to see penguins in Tasmania. And then, of course, we go to Antarctica. Penguins are a big part of the of the appeal of going there as well. So I'm calling it the big penguin year. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I've got, um, I've got some travels coming up here. I'm excited. I, I had the last event I spoke at was uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona a few weeks ago, probably a month ago now. It's been a month ago. And, um, but my next, uh, I think I've got two things coming up. I've got a a mastermind event I'll speak at in Newport Beach, California, December 7th and 8th. Looking forward to that. Getting into sunny, uh, sunny Southern California. That should be awesome. So if anybody's interested in checking that out, it's a two-day event. Uh, contact us. I'll drop in the show notes the early bird discount for that. And then there's a, there's a new event put on by Fornix Marketing. It's an MSSP sales and marketing event, two-day event in Honolulu. So, um, I, I won't quite be in Australia, but I'll be en route, uh, or at least headed the right direction, but looking forward to getting to Honolulu January 17th and 18th is that conference. So I'll drop the link, uh, for anybody that's interested. Maybe you're already there, uh, on the islands or out on the West coast. It's easy to get to, but I'm looking forward to that one. So earlier you were telling me that your wife looks at your travel schedule and says i'm going to this one and i'm going to that one she picks and chooses what she wants to go yes uh, let me guess i bet she's going to honolulu is one of her choices she, she is, she is, yeah. and actually she'll be in california with me as well so mm, nice uh, yes yeah, she's she's going to be just as busy as i am but yeah i'm looking forward i i was just crying on amy's shoulder i i've uh had knee surgery three weeks ago so i've been on full crutches. I got another couple of weeks of, of full crutches. So hopefully I'll be on the full mend before, uh, before that December event. So I've got, I got plenty of time and um, I'm looking forward. Just, I feel like I'm a cooped up animal. I'm ready to, to jump on a plane and get somewhere. So. Yeah. Well, take care of that surgery. Cause knees are, knees are some of the toughest surgery around. Yeah. And uh, it's all about the PT which I know you're going to, you're going to rock that. So, yep. 
Yeah, getting the flexibility back in your knee that is that is critical. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing doing that that uh, PT. That is important for sure. So awesome, awesome. Well, hey everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening to Amy and I uh, give everybody an update and walk through the MSP question of the day. If you've got a question of the day or you need help in your business, any questions, anything that we can do for you, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to smbcommunitypodcast.com. You could uh, drop a note up there or just uh, email me and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and again, like that, uh, if you want a, a free MSA template for your business, uh, send a request over to james at uh, kerningconsulting.com and happy to, to send that over to you. All right, gang. Well, that should be it for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the SMB Community Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.